Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And our good friend Matt is on assignment for the summer. So it's just the dynamic duo this week. Just the two of us. That's right. And this is episode 22 for the week of July 28th, 2017. And we are so glad you decided to listen to the Film Coterie. Because we have a lot to talk about. We have three movies this week. Yes, we were off last week. I had some traveling to do and... uh, uh, hopefully, some of, we have some new Texas listeners and Oklahoma listeners. I plugged our show. I was traveling for work, but I did plug the show in both places. So, uh, if you're out there from Texas or, or Oklahoma, hey, holler at us, say hello, and uh, uh, yeah. So, what's up, Adam? We've had a we've had a week off. Has anything been happening in the week I was off? Uh, yeah, there was Comic Con. What's this thing called Comic Con? What is out, this? Out in San Diego. Oh, okay. And sort of the pop culture universe collects upon itself, becomes extremely dense. I've heard there's not much comics anymore at Comic-Con in San Diego. No, Mile High Comics, I think this is their last year. They were the staple (laughs) from Denver, and they're not doing it anymore. Oh, my gosh. I've gone in years past. We went, I think, four years in a row. And so has our co-host, Matt, as well. Him and his family have went to Comic-Con. The really weird thing is if you follow a lot of writers and people on Twitter, the whole universe is in San Diego. Everyone you know or might follow is there. Oh, yeah. It just gathered. And that's the weird thing is when everyone's yeah. in the same spot. Well, my daughter would love to go. And my son, Zach, as well, you know, he would love to go. And uh, so we're we're kicking around maybe as a uh, family trip one of these years. as they get, They're getting close to graduating. So we'll see. Let me help you. It's a, it's a chore to get there. It's a whole complicated lottery process. But the more people you have kind of group up to try to buy tickets, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So what was that Comic-Con? There's always these great reveals, great trailers, great movies, new TV shows. You know, what, what was that Comic-Con that we need to be paying attention to? It was, you know, two weeks ago now. It was kind of not very newsworthy. I don't think a lot of news broke at Comic-Con. Well, I, well, I had heard just... There were a lot know, of trailers. Yeah, just traveling... You know, normally when I'm not traveling, I kind of lock into all the, you know, the videos, live streams, the people that I follow that, you know, kind of cover it. And and so I'm able to kind of stay on top. But all I would hear was Netflix dominates Comic-Con. And then, and then you know, a few weeks ago we heard Netflix dominates at the Emmy nominations and Netflix this and Netflix that. And so I guess the question is, is Netflix taking over the world or what's happening, man? They had a really good offsite that people waited hours to get into because you could see Stranger Things. They'd kind of built a prop room and stuff like that. Nice. They have that new movie, Bright, that comes out with uh, Will uh, Smith. Will Smith, yeah. Fantasy cop movie. And it looks, it, it, you know. Uh, it's written by Max Landis, which does give me some pause. But, you yeah. know, I'm always up to give hey, it a shot. Let's, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot as well. But that Stranger Things season two trailer. Oh, yes. Now, I did see it. Is really good. It, it, you know, I thought they'll never recapture all that magic of the first season. The 80s. I mean, that's my wheelhouse. I was a teenager. Turned 10 years old and okay, put it this way. I turned 10 years old in 1980. So I, that whole decade is my formidable coming of age years, movies. I played D and D with my buddy, my boy scout uh, group played Dungeons and Dragons at, you know, Camp Falling Rock. And and so all those things I have done. And so that the, 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 I thought they'll never capture that magic, but dude, they start right off at the arcade in that trailer and playing Dragon's Lair. And I'm like, Oh, man yeah of course yeah and the great use of thriller with vincent price's narration and the ghostbusters costumes they're wearing in halloween and just the fact it looks like they actually have something caught in their trap 
in that scene. And the whole, I think the whole season takes place over Halloween. I, I just think they're setting it up to knock it out of the park again. I can't wait. Can't wait. It was the first kind of series I took my kids through, and it was scary that I let them watch, you know. Uh, and they just loved it. They really enjoyed it as well, too. So, yeah, I'm very, very looking forward to yeah, Stranger Things Part Two. So, what else at Comic Con? Anything else? Any any movie trailers or anything? Well, yeah, as you'd expect, superheroes were well represented. Oh yeah. So we got new trailers from DC and Marvel. The big one from DC is another trailer for Justice League. Yep. And it's still not doing much for me. I got to admit, I mean, these trailers are just—they're all the same. They're different footage, but there's just something kind of flat to the movie. Well, I found it real interesting how prominent Wonder Woman was in the second trailer. Yeah. You can tell they're trying to draw people in from the success she's had with her movie, you know. So, you know, I was like, okay, maybe we'll call this instead of Justice League or we'll just call this Wonder Woman and Friends maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Do you get the feeling? I mean, there's massive reshoots underway. The rumors, it's like $25 million worth of reshoots and months and months. Yeah. Do you get the feeling they're trying to inject fun into it? A little bit, yes. And when you're considering they're banking on making four to $600 million on this film, what's $25 million in reshoots to get it right, you know? I mean, it's just obscene to me. Aquaman's going to be a strange character, I think. Because in the trailer, he's the one that's hooting and hollering on top of the Batmobile. And you know what was funny? And you're going to laugh at me. But, like, I always kind of liked Aquaman back in the 70s with Super Friends. I always thought he was the cool superhero. Because he moved, he swam through water and had kinetic power and controlled all the sea creatures and... But I don't know. I, it's it's a he's very weird in this movie. I'm just like, what's going on? Because in this trailer, he comes crashing down through the building with an alien and shoots out the front door, and he's like, yeah. And it just makes me think he should be wearing a Metallica T-shirt and some torn up jeans, like yeah. '90s style torn up jeans. But it'd be interesting to hear Kyle Drogo actually speak in English, right? Instead of <laughs> he was in that Conan remake. You remember that? No, which one? He was in a Conan movie. Well, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, he, News alert, <laughs> folks. I missed it. <laughs> I don't remember it had a subtitle. It was a Conan movie with him five, six, maybe longer years ago. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, now we know why there wasn't a franchise. Yes, yes, yes. Anything else stand out from Comic-Con? Or just in, in movie news in general, anything happening? Well, Marvel, I mean, let's not short shift them. They showed off a new Thor trailer that's out everywhere now kind of giving you a bigger vibe of the movie. It's going to be funny and goofy. And, and at the re- same time, serious, though, because, I mean, like, when you yeah. see Helia, the, guardi- or the goddess of death, she's wrecking Ragnarok. I'm really excited to see how they balance fun, light, goofy with the heaviness of Ragnarok and the destruction yeah, of, of, Asgard, the ho- yeah. of Asgard, you know? This could be a... Really good. I mean, Marvel's always hit it. They, they've not really whiffed yet for me. So we'll see. But I'm really kind of like, uh, we're going to. But I said that about Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I love that movie, you know? So I don't know. We'll just have to see. And the thing is, too, I mean, people are saying Thor used to be serious, but there were lots of jokes in the first one with Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. Him smashing the coffee. He's always been somewhat of a goofy character. Yeah, he almost... It's played, amped up here. I'm not going to argue that. No, but. He, he even from the first movie, he played a little bit of a caricature, kind of like what would a superhuman strength person that just lands on the earth that has these 
Arthurian hierarchy, monarchy kind of bent to him, you know, I'm superior. And in the first Avengers, he was kind of the comic relief. Yeah, he really was. So he's always been the goofiest kind of core Avenger. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else major out of Comic-Con. No Star Wars news. Uh, Behind the scenes stuff they showed at D23. Yeah, D23 was here and we didn't really get no trailer dropped or anything, did we? No, behind the scenes. You see that behind the scenes footage? I have not. It was no. good. Okay. It kind of gave you a feel for the movie, but no, we should be getting another trailer sometime soon. Yeah, I would hope so. Hopefully. Yeah, the movie's only a couple months off now, December. You know, speaking of that, you were about to wrap up our, our summer movie series here in another few weeks, and uh, we've really hit our stride. I mean, there's been some, we've seen some good movies here lately. And so I'm kind of excited. We're going to hit some of them today. And uh, some of the ones, Spider-Man, different ones we, we saw. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good few weeks. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited because we're going to see Ghost Story probably this weekend. I've been wanting to see that oh, since Sunday. so looking forward to that. Absolutely. Uh, Brigsby Bear is going wider. I've been wanting to see that. There's some good things coming out. The summer's not over yet. No. Nope. One more month to go. The yeah. lightest month, but still. Yeah. Got another month. Excited. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our uh, news and notes and preview. When we come back, our feature film, Dunkirk. I'm very excited to get your thoughts about this movie, Adam. We'll see you after the music. You're listening to The Film Coterie. Where are we going? Dunkirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this sun. We have a job to do. If we go there, we'll die. see it from here. What? Home. All right, we are getting to our first review of the evening of the three. We'll start with Dunkirk, the number one movie in America, and it could repeat again this weekend. If you don't know, Dunkirk is the based on true event movie from Chris Nolan. Yeah, I, I really liked Dunkirk a lot. I thought that um, uh, John Mills and Richard Attenborough did a great job, and Bernard Lee and um, uh, Leslie Norman, the director, it was awesome. And that's a that's yeah. a different Dunkirk. Oh wait, we're not talking about the 1958 original. <laughs> no, the new one. Oh, there's the new one. You're talking about the 2017 Dunkirk, right? Now I'm just messing. <laughs> You know me and my love of old films. It wouldn't have surprised me if you just saw the old Dunkirk. (laughs) No, I'm just messing, honestly. I like Dunkirk a lot. I, uh, You know, it was um, uh, wraithed with tension, and uh, what you saw in the trailers, you got 90 minutes of that, you know? Uh, And I thought it was excellent. I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, Where do we start for me? Well, let's for people that don't know the event... Dunkirk was one of the biggest retreats in military history. Uh, 300,000? Some number of British soldiers were stranded on the beaches of Dunkirk. 
and there was no good way to get them out of there as the Nazis were closing in. So the story goes that the British activated their civilian sailor units who went across the channel and uh, started rescuing as many soldiers as they could. And even knowing the whole plot Mm -hmm. does not in any way shape will not hurt your going to watch this movie it, it's titanic you know yes, the ship sinks exactly. you know these british soldiers get evacuated because the important part of dunkirk if this had not happened it would have been a different war yeah if these soldiers have been stranded and captured or killed you know it the nazi regime would have marched on london yeah and you know i so many things we could talk about with this movie you and I had an initial debate or conversation about the sound and the editing and the music in this film. Um, and we had two different reactions to that, even though some it was similar, but a little bit different take on that, you know. Um, you Well, I'll just start from my perspective. I really enjoyed the sound editing in this film a lot. Uh, I think he did a masterful job of creating tension with the sound and that clicking, ticking clock that's always I'm in the including background. that in the score. In my, the score. My critique against it was okay. I think the score was a little heavy-handed with what it was doing. Sure. Um, but I loved like when the planes would fly by and, and the, as these – he really captured the different sounds of the different boats. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and I really enjoyed – there's a scene where, where this is not really giving anything away, but – there's a scene where some guys try to hide in a boat that's been on the beach and the bullets start flying. And that just that sound editing, <coughs> excuse me, that, that sound editing really, I just loved it. I thought, oh, you know, I felt like the, I felt like I was being shot at kind of in the theater. You could, there's bullets just were like ricocheting on and off. And so I don't know. I really liked the sound editing a lot in the film. And I think it, it really added a lot to the film because Let's just face it. There's not a lot of dialogue in this film. Period. There's not really. There's no great speeches. No, not really. You know, yeah. There's not a lot of whole. Matter of fact, you know, there's the enemy remains pretty hidden in this film. You know, Um, I don't know what you think, Adam. Yeah. No, I like this movie a lot. Um, It's very tense. I mean, it's tense from minute one. And if you've seen any of the previews, you know what you're getting into. It's a race against the clock. And the clock, and this is my major critique, is maybe too big of a part of the movie because you hear this ticking, tick, 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 on top of the score and everything else. And it's not like a, a rave kind of soundtrack or scene, but it's just so loud, so prevalent throughout the movie that I think it almost hinders it a little bit because I kept noticing it. I mean, it was pulling me out a little bit that this okay. score was so aggressive to try to build the tension that was already there. This movie has tension in it. You don't need to highlight it and underline it with that kind of score is kind of my take on it. I think that's fair assessment. Absolutely. It didn't really bother me as much. Um, I have a little, we joke, I have a little hearing loss to begin with just from uh, being a musician for so many years and, and did some construction when I was younger. So and I have tinnitus, which is always that ringing in my ear to begin with. And then I do have some hearing loss, so it didn't really bother me, you know. So maybe I just wasn't hearing it fully. But uh, uh, yeah, the sound—I I, I really like the sound a lot. What did you think about the use of time in this movie? Yeah, and that's a good point. Um, and this isn't spoiling anything, but we're seeing three stories play out: the pilots, the soldiers on the beach, and the sailors. Right. Those are your three kind of narrative plots. 
they're all on a different timeline that are going to meet up at a certain point. And I think this was functionally required because you couldn't have told this story in a linear fashion without shortchanging one of the stories. Which is really surprising because I didn't, even though the opening shot of the film starts off with something like one day, one hour, one week or something, you know, you get, he tells you right up front, but for some reason my mind did not grasp that he was communicating, I'm going to do three different timelines. Yeah, so you're spending a couple days with the soldiers on the beach. Right. You're spending hours on the boat with the sailors, and yes. you're spending one hour with the, pi- the fighter that, that, pilots. Yeah, that's how it was broken down. And it wasn't until we had a flashback in time, you know, where it went back to a two- to three-day deal versus a, a few hours deal, that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is not a linear story whatsoever, you know. And I think it works. I don't have, I didn't have my stopwatch out during the movie, but I feel like they all got about a third of the narrative Maybe. Yeah, I think so, it too. It feels pretty balanced between those storylines. Well, well it, it didn't, you know, it would be real easy. L- let me just say this from my perspective. It would be really easy to turn one of those three into the hero of the film, like the pilot of the airplane as the hero of the film, or the pilot of the ships, the small civilian ships, as the hero of the film, or the brave soldiers that stuck it out. And it never really tipped into one more than the other. I think he did a masterful job of yeah. balancing those three stories together. Yeah, absolutely. The script, I think, is beyond reproach. I mean, I, I like the way he did it. Um, I don't think he could have done it in a different way without shortchanging one of those, like I said. And the visual dialogue in the movie is great because you'll see something happen in one storyline, and you'll see it from a different angle, from maybe yes. from the planes, and you recognize it because it's it's something in that ship you've seen or you've seen the soldiers in the water. You know where you are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's clear. You never thought, oh, maybe that was that. It, he does a very good job through his direction of, of tipping you off to these important points in the story. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, what about the acting performances in this film? Good all the way around. I mean, Tom Hardy's worked with Nolan a bunch of times from – I, he's an inception. I think that was the first one I really recall him in, but then he's Bane in the Batman series. Now he's here as the fighter pilot. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I love Kenneth Branagh and there's just something about his silence and not saying that he just looks like a general, you know, he carried off the, I'm going to say th- th- there was one kind of corny line he had at the very end that I wasn't real a big fan of, and I'm not going to mention it to spoil anything for the pod on the podcast, but even Bronick, for the most part, I just love the idea that you could see when he just staring at something, you knew something was about to happen because it's like it's almost like he's staring it down, you know. Um, but no, I I thought that the, the performances were really really good, really strong by all of the uh, all the players involved. Yeah, and as he's the he's the de facto leader. I don't know what his actual rank is, but he's the leader in the movie, and he's doing what he needed to do is stay calm. Right. He wasn't on the first ship off. You know, he's that calm leadership that you need in that kind of dire situation for the troops. Yeah. And he carries himself really well. A lot of charisma and just that calm center of the storm is kind of the character he is. Yeah. He's just listed as Commander Bolton in the film, you know. They never say names in this film. Like when we were discussing it afterwards, we were calling Tom Hardy the pilot. You know, maybe he had a call sign. But if you look on IMDb, they have names, but you don't really know the characters in this movie. Well, and that's almost done intentionally because yeah. it's not about one individual person. It's about this event. In other words, Nolan said two things really sticks out to me. Number one, he says, I'm going to take an event and the event is the star of this film, not one person. And then secondly, 
he made this movie tight. He cut it way. We're talking ninety minutes, and this movie's over. By far the shortest Nolan movie, and and it's it works great. I mean, there's something to be said about brevity creating tension. He jumps right into it. There's no long exposition. All this stuff. It doesn't drag in the middle. It's no, exactly. It's, yeah, it's consistent throughout. Yeah, quality wise. Absolutely. Um, and it's very engaging. I mean, this is edge of your seat for ninety minutes, yeah. not just passive watching. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm looking forward to taking my wife to see it. She um, has mentioned she loves World War II films and she loves historical films and dramatic films like this. And so, and uh, what this? It's PG-13. It's a war movie, but it's largely bloodless. Yeah, I mean, really there's is. a lot of death and everything going on, but it's handled in a in a good way. Well, and it goes to show you, you don't have to be very graphic to create a lot of tension and make it emotionally impactful. I mean, there's some scenes, man, where the ships are being blown up and stuff. And there's one scene in particular that really was really gripped me. And it's where a soldier dives underwater and he's holding his breath. I don't know if you remember the scene, but he's holding it and holding it. And he doesn't want to surface because he knows what will happen when he surfaces. And and I literally found myself holding my breath with him. I was like, <gasps> you know, okay, okay, okay. You know, and so I, I don't know. I just think it's a, um, I'm so glad Christopher Nolan made this film. It shows that he doesn't have to have a three hour massive. He can, he, he did a tight movie with a tight story uh, that didn't feature anyone. I, I just think he's honing his craft. I mean, you know, I'm just very excited to see another Christopher Nolan film, you know, after this one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to give a shout out to Mark Rylance. He played the ship captain, the civilian. Rylance is good in everything he does. He so is. But like, I don't really noticed him much before Bridge of Spies. I mean, Bridge of Spies is what put him on my radar. And I'm I'm sure he's had a long career, but I don't know why I haven't noticed him until now. Well, seemingly everyone's noticed him because he played the BFG after Bridge of Spies. He's in a lot of stuff, but yeah, he's really good in this. Well, he's such a steady hand. He's like the rock. He's like he's like the calming force. He's been there before. He has a personal investment in in this in this battle, this war, you know. Um, and you just trust if you get on his boat and you listen to what he says, you're going to make it through, you know. And uh, there's one really cool scene in the movie. I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything that features him and his understanding of how battle works. And it's just played perfectly. It's not overdone, not underdone. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah, and he knows a lot about war. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a World War One vet. Exactly. They never tell you. I mean, there's no background on any of these actors, but that's nice too they don't have to sit down and explain look i've been through this before i was an ex and this is why i no, feel that way yeah there's no exposition telling you what's why you have to it's just the presence that they that they carry you know i i i can't go on about dunkirk it was i thought it was a great movie i i, I would highly recommend it i think you ought to go see it and history buffs especially aviation buffs are gonna love the uh, dog fights in this movie they're, they're good they're realistic you know um I liked the idea that when some of the planes crash, they don't. There's not a hundred foot gasoline explosion, you know, some real realism there. And um, just, I want to spoil the movie. There's there's a couple really. There's one really good scene with the plane as well. Wondering whether he'll make it or not, you know, that I thought was played out great, you know. So, 
Yeah, so I think you're going to agree with me. This is one of the very best movies of the summer. I I, I agree wholeheartedly. And it's a bold release releasing it in the summer. And this is a typical yeah. film you'd see November, December. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm really surprised it wasn't released later in the year. I, I think I think it's going to get some buzz come award season anyway. I, I It won't get... I'll be surprised if it gets any acting buzz just because the actors are not the key to the story. It's the event itself. And they're all supporting. I think if right. they were to get anything, it could be maybe Mark Rylance supporting. Yeah, I could see that totally. Um, but I, I also think that you may get, you're going to get some sound and some visual and cinematography. You may get some buzz that direction come award season. Yeah, and if they keep up with doing 10 best pictures at this point, I fully expect this to be among the 10. Yeah, I do too, because it just plays right into Oscar. I don't know that it's going to win, but I, no, I but fully it, expect it to be among like, the 10. But it's like, this is a movie made for when they do the Oscar ceremonies to, to call back and show these clips and stuff, you know. Absolutely. Cool. So anything else from Dunkirk, Adam, that jumps out to you? Uh, the French are upset about it, and this may be worth pointing out. And the movie does not do a great job of explaining this. In the real events of Dunkirk, it was the French troops that held the city against the Nazi advance. Yes. The French were giving up their lives and doing while what they the could. While the British got off the... While the were British evacuating. Were evacuating. The French held the city. Yeah. As long as they could. And that is not acknowledged at all in no. this movie. And the only French you well, ever see in the movie are generally cowards that are trying to get on British uniforms and evacuate. Yeah. The only call to it at all was when one of the lines broke on the beach and they said, oh, they've given up this line. The invasion has started kind of deal. So, yeah. So no one, and if there are other screenwriters, maybe paying a disservice here that maybe yeah. could have fixed. And even there's opening dialogue, I think, like a white text on a screen could have maybe explained it, what the French are doing, or maybe some other call out with Brana. Yeah. But it, I can see why the French are upset. I mean, if this happened and Americans were shortchanged, be you'd be hearing cry. from it. <laughs> So, do Twitter, all Twitter due respect get, to the yes. French. Yep, absolutely. They're, they're known for surrendering or retreating, but not this time. They they did hold Dunkirk as long as they could. Yep. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for Dunkirk. Adam and I both recommend that you go see it. Uh, Matt's not here, so we can't do our TFC recommends, but uh, it's worth going to see, absolutely. So, All right, we'll be back after the music to preview, review, and discuss Atomic Blonde. I chose this life, and someday, it's going to get me killed. But not today. Lorraine Broughton, expert in intelligence collection and hand-to-hand combat. Agent Gascoigne was killed last night. Did you know him? Enough to say hello. He had an atomic bomb of information. Find out who's hunting our operatives and trust no one. All right, and we are back, and you're listening to the Film Coterie podcast. And our second movie of the night is Atomic Blonde. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, um, it was a blonde. She was atomic. Charlize Theron starred in that, and uh, uh, McAvoy, is that how you say his James name? James McAvoy. James McAvoy was in this as well, and 
Adam, this is interesting because I had no frame of reference going into this movie. You had even mentioned that she had trained with Keanu Reeves doing some stunt work. And so I should have had some John Wick in the back of my mind. Yeah. But I was blanked totally. I literally thought, since it was based on a graphic novel, that we were going to get like a superhero origin story. That's what I went in thinking. No. And it was nothing like that whatsoever. So explain yeah, your, to people. Your mind must have been blown. Oh my gosh. Explain to people what is Atomic Blonde? What is it all about? What's the backdrop for it? Well, I'm still laughing at your thinking it was a superhero origin. I mean, did you think she got bit by a radioactive blonde? I, well, yeah, I didn't. I thought maybe she had atomic power or something. I, I really went into this movie thinking, <laughs> it's so funny now, thinking that she had, it was a superhero origin story. I don't know where they got the name Atomic Blonde because it's based on a graphic novel called The Coldest City, which I've not read. Yeah, I have. Obviously, it's, I haven't either. It's from Oni Press, who did Scott Pilgrim series. Um, so I, I'm not familiar with, at all with that. So I don't know how close it is to it. But Atomic Blonde, the movie itself, is a Cold War spy, not thriller, but definitely action movie. It tries to be a little more dramatic and probably surprise people with how much of that is in here. Well, I would actually. It's not wall to wall action. I actually would have been amped up if you would have told me ahead of time, Roger, we're going yeah. in to see 1989, East and West Germany, right before the fall of the wall, and you're going to get an action spy movie. I would have been so jacked to watch that. Yeah, so I, I'm having trouble explaining the movie a little bit because it's, it's not born. Um, it's not that kind of realistic spy movie. But. It's not as goofy as like Kingsman. It's not a campy. It's, it's not campy at all. No. Um, it's not it, as cheesy as the Triple X series. But it's kind of a little bit fantastical. It's more serious than Bond. Yes, absolutely. Well, no, let me take that back. Bond lately is more serious. The Daniel Craig run. Yeah. And we're talking old Bond. This yes. is more of a serious movie. So it's a funny spy movie. It doesn't really directly compare to anything, and it's not John Wick. And it's pretty um, sexually charged as yeah. well. Too. I mean, it's pretty. Inti- you know, the what I'm trailer. Saying? Let me say this: the trailer gives that away. If you've seen the trailer, you're not going to be surprised no, by it, that element in the movie. Yeah, it it, it was. Uh, it's definitely rated R for a reason. Yeah. Yes. You know, the director David Leach, the Leach, did the first John Wick. He co-directed that, and now he's shooting Deadpool too. And yes, while they were getting ready to shoot this, Charlize Theron and and Keanu Reeves did train together. And let's say this. The stunt work in this movie is really good. The fight scenes are well choreographed, especially one of the later ones. And the the action's all good. It's the other parts of the movie that give me a little bit of pause. Yeah, I have to agree with you. You know, I, I made the comment as soon as we walked out of the theater tonight. I said, you know... Like, there's about an hour of this movie that was quite boring that I completely disconnected from, you know? It's almost like it started off action-packed, you know, and then there was this whole section in the middle that was like, okay, we're going to do this Bridges of Spies internal drama thing that just never worked for me at all. I mean, I, I literally was like wanting to look at my phone to be like, how much more of this is left in the in the movie? And I'm, I literally was about to completely write this movie off as a dud, that I would hate it. And then it picked up. The last third of this movie is slammed full of action-packed adventure, you know, John Wick style. 
and, which I really liked, you know. That just that whole melodrama in the middle and Yeah, it doesn't work. And even even the sexually charged scene, the love scenes and stuff, I was like, I'm just not really I, I it's just not I don't know. I just I was just like, well, okay, whatever, you know. I mean, I just wasn't into it, you know. I just didn't nothing in that whole middle section of this, nothing in the end of the first act, the whole second act I could connect with at all, just for me personally. So, if you've seen the trailer, it it shows you it's an action movie. It doesn't really give away what the movie really is. I'm not even going to bring up the MacGuffin because they don't show you the MacGuffin in the trailer. They leave that open. So, they're they're all chasing something. Um, The tone changes. This is what kind of surprised me. There's a great soundtrack to this movie. I give the soundtrack really high marks if you like 80s pop. Um, really good soundtrack. Totally. Fun. Yes. I mean, Very it brought fun. a smile to my face multiple times during the yes, movie. I would agree. So the movie starts kind of really poppy. Lots of music coordinated to the action scenes. And then it gets serious for that middle third. And this is where the movie just dies, momentum-wise. You don't really care what the characters are doing. There's no action scenes. There's a long pause between action scenes at this point. And the drama's not very good, but the music dies as well. So there's a sudden tone shift that just doesn't work. And then yeah. by the end of the movie, it's back to where it was in the beginning. Yeah, I would agree. And I don't like I don't like it when a lot of this movie is done in flashback. I'll just kind of say that, you know, or the last week or having that, you know, like, you know how like the movie starts and then it says one week earlier. Yeah, it does jump back. You know, and <clears throat> I don't like it when mo- I generally do not like it when movies do that because I then completely disconnect with the flashback because you just know certain things have happened based upon scene. That's just like the Wonder Woman movie. She was in Superman versus Batman, so you know in the Wonder Woman movie she's not going to die. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And she's had to sign on for so many sequels. Right, ex- exactly. And so, even though that movie worked and was great, with this one, I just completely disconnected. I had no fear of death or imminent demise. I, I just, I don't know. I just did not resonate with me at all, to be honest with you. And I don't want to spoil the movie either, but I mean, and then there was some twists at the end, like a triple twist in the last five minutes of the movie that I was like, really? Even the guy, Chris that went with us, the guy that went with us was like, yeah, he didn't buy it either, That the ending of this movie. Well, without getting into anything, the character motivations don't make sense. Exactly. If you really sit down and try to pen it out and think who's doing what and why. Why did they do the things they did in that last third there's of the very, movie? There's very clear reasons that the only reason some characters are doing things are so the, the audience might think something else. Yeah. There's no real good reason for them to do what they do for some characters. And And... I think I've just got to come to realize with John Goodman, I really like him as an actor, but he's not a bit actor anymore. He's not a character actor anymore. I've got to realize whenever John Goodman is in a movie, even if he has a small part, he's going to, there's going to be something that goes on with him that makes a difference just because his stature as an actor now, you know, and um, it just, his, his role did not work at all for me in the film, just to be honest with you. I, I like him a lot as an actor. You know, I think I fell in love with him with um, Cloverfield Lane a, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Which I just thought he was incredible. I mean, just, I literally 
was like, oh my God, I love this guy as an actor, you know? Well, let's talk the action, because I mean, that's what's going to draw people to this movie. Sure. I don't think there's a single action scene that you haven't seen in the trailer. They're all in there. Yes. They're longer, obviously. Extended much longer. But these are really well choreographed. The fights are brutal. I mean, these hits just... With John the sound Wick design. style. It is, yeah, it's very brutal. Very brutal. Um, she doesn't get through unscathed. I mean, she's getting hit in these fights, too, and they do, they do a good job selling that. Well, just the brutality of these fights. Well, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but you know right from the beginning of this movie that she literally has been through it. Yeah, you see the ice bath yeah, in the, the trailer. Ice, in the trailer, you see the ice ice bath. Yeah, and she gets her bell rung a few times. <laughs> These fights are tough, I, and I, I, I applaud that. There's one really technical fight in an apartment where they're hiding the cuts. The cuts are whenever they get close to the people and right in on their clothes. They can hide it there. But the camera work has to choreograph with the fight. They're moving around the people in the room, so it's all handheld. Which but it's was, not shaky cam. Which was really cool. And it really works for that yes. fight because these two are going at it and the camera's kind of moving all around them without being that kind of shaky cam. It was well choreographed and really well shot. I will say, though, I wish they would have invested a little bit more money in showing her face when she fights a little more often. Because a couple times I, sli- I slipped right into, oh, that's a stunt double wearing a blonde wig. That's not really Charlize Theron doing those things. Where, like, with Keanu Reeves, it was like, no, you just thought that he's doing all of that, 100% of it. You know, just, just for me, I liked the choreography. I thought it was really great. I mean, I, I guess maybe for this movie, I would say, you know, just go get popcorn, show up late, show up and catch the last 45 minutes. <laughs> well, in the beginning's good, too. It's that there's a middle yes. section. So watch the beginning and then go, <laughs> go. feel free to go get popcorn. There's a long bathroom break section. Take a long bathroom break. <laughs> And that's the frustrating thing is this could have been a really good movie. Uh, uh, Yes. If they just worked on the script. I love the setting, Cold War. We don't get enough of those movies. We do not. The action's good, decent director. It's the script that lets everyone down here. And Charlize Theron can really bring it. Yeah, McAvoy too. The performances are good. Yeah, McAvoy too. Even though I thought he teetered on over the top a little bit. And maybe I still have split in the back of my mind for some reason. And that image is still there of him. Um, but no, I thought he, yeah, I thought he did a good job. Yeah. So what else? But like I said, I, I think it's a story that's going to let people down. So it's still weird. I, I can't really directly compare it to any spy film, but you know, I liked it better than born movies. I'm not a fan of those. I liked it better than the triple X films, but you know, I'm still not a strong recommend on this. I'd say eh, if you're just looking to get out of the heat and see something in the cold for a while, go see Dunkirk. But if you've already seen it, then maybe go see Atomic Blonde. Yeah, I mean, if you have nothing nothing better to do, I would recommend just you know, go check it out and see what you think. But I, yeah, I'm with you. There's so many good movies out right now. Oh, yeah. Go see Baby Driver. Go see The yes. Big Sick. Go see Dunkirk. Exactly. Go see Spider-Man. Yes. There's so many good movies out now. This is not even a top see, five see in one, theaters right now. See one of those, those other movies and catch this when it's out in streaming or Apple TV or whatever, however you catch your movies, you know. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's in for any kind of action or flick, it's got to be Baby Driver this summer. Yes. All right, so we're on the same page there. Yes. <laughs> Love Baby Driver. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap up Atomic Blonde. We really both, I think neither one of us can really recommend it to go see. It's not terrible. 
It's not terrible, which I hate saying that about a movie. It's not bad. It's not terrible. No, but it's just it's not enough there for me to recommend anyone. Yeah, I, I agree. Yes, so all right. Well, one more movie to go when we come back after the music. Valerian and the Planet of a Thousand Cities. Is that right? City of a Thousand Planets or something. Valerian and a whole bunch and the of city people. of a thousand planets. There we go. We'll be right back. You're listening to the film coterie. Welcome to Alpha, the city of a thousand planets. After centuries of peace and prosperity, an unknown force wants to destroy all we have created. Agents Valerian and Laureline, you have less than 10 hours to find the threat and eliminate it. Let's get to work. And we're back for the last review of the night. Valerian and the planet of a... You made me do it wrong. Roger's messing with me right before. And the, the city. city of a thousand planets. Wake me up over here, right? Yeah. So this is the <sighs> oh, most man. expensive, allegedly, independent movie of all time. Because no major studio was behind this outside of Europa Corps, which wow. is the Bassan's company. He got $205 million from pre-selling to different regions. The Chinese put a lot of money in this movie. And if you follow box office news, this movie did not perform well. I think it opened in fifth place. I saw it on the Monday after its release, and for the longest time, I was the only one in the theater. A couple late people showed up, but yeah. So I don't know that this will be a franchise. Well, I had quite the adventure seeing this movie. And so I need to have confession. It's good for the soul, Adam. You also saw it Monday night. I saw it Monday night. I'm I'm laying around the house. It's ten o'clock at night, and I thought, you know, I got, I, I'm I'm lucky to have a movie theater like eight minutes from my house. They're pretty good AMC Linux twenty four megaplex, you know. And I thought, you know, Valerian's playing at ten forty. Adam's going to want to talk about it on the show Thursday. I'll just slip over there. Now, now you have to remember. I had been away for eight days at a conference, two different states, flew on an airplane, the whole nine yards. I was in the Monday I come back and I'm doing laundry all day. I'm physically exhausted come Monday night. Right. But I got this crazy idea in my head. Let's go see Valerian. So I took my son, Zach, and we wrote, drove over to the theater for the 1040, which means after previews, it started at 11. Okay. We'd load it up on some sugar and we uh, watch it. The theater's warm. I'm in recliner seats. And I'm in my late 40s. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, I'm dozing on and off. I'm falling asleep during this movie, you know, dozing on, waking up, dozing off, waking up. And so I, I'm not the perfect person to give you the about the plot. I will say this. I thought it looked really pretty at times. I thought it was really, I loved the idea that he created this. My son was of the same thing. We loved the idea that he created this whole world, all these different people and creatures and all this stuff and i liked the i liked the concept of the movie you know you build a space station it outgrows its viability you got to put it off into the into the cosmos and it turns into and becomes this city of a thousand planets kind of deal you know and so that's very very cool to me but every time i would kind of come to consciousness and watch this movie i was like (laughs) i was like 
this is just really bad acting. This is just really bad. The dialogue didn't help any of the actors any. This is some of the worst dialogue I've heard in a Holy. long time from a major release. Yeah. So not a lot good to say about Valerian. Um, the highlight of the special effects and the cinematography character designs. I mean, it looks great. It's, it's a very, beautiful. It's it a pretty was, movie. It was a beautiful movie, yes. The rest of it doesn't work. No. I agree. I think the leads are miscast. A lot of people seem to share that sentiment. Um, they don't really have any chemistry together, and they're supposed to be a quasi-couple. I've never read the graphic novel that this is based on Valerian, but I guess he's always trying to get with his partner, and they tell you throughout the movie that he's got a... I forget what he called it. His his black book of all the... Uh, his track record or something they call playlist. it. His playlist. Which is yes, weird. His playlist. Weird. Yeah. So of all these other subordinates, which is creepy, of yes. people that he's been with. All women, I'm guessing. And now he's with his new partner and he wants Reg- to... Regardless, it's creepy. He he says he wants to marry her. But which you don't was really... really weird. It comes out a- of the blue. And there, like I said, there's no chemistry between these two whatsoever. Yeah. And... And they have to save the universe, or at least the station. And the plot is just really generic after the start. It actually well, starts pretty well with the trans-dimensional bizarre. Yeah. And that's that, interesting. Absolutely. And then as soon as they get to Alpha, the city of a thousand planets, it just goes downhill really yeah. fast. And the I, plot's generic. I agree. And, and you think about it, we've got Clive Owen, Ethan Hawke, Herbie Hancock is in this movie, Rihanna's in this movie. And you're thinking, that is a really eclectic cast, you know? But the leads, I'm sorry. Yeah. Laureline and Major Valerian, Sergeant Laureline. This is Cara Delavinji. I don't know. And, you know, you know, we were laughing. And I'm sorry, Valerian, for poking fun at you. But we were laughing like, if you'd let a 15-year-old girl cast... If my daughter, Tori, would have cast this movie... This is movie, what I said. If they'd let just a teen girl cast a movie. If you'd let my daughter, Tori, cast this movie, it would have been probably a lot bigger hit. Yep. Because this movie cries young pop stars or whatever, you know? And it just... I, I don't know. It just never really... It has to be a young couple that you buy their chemistry, or you care about, or you have some interest, yeah. and you really don't care about either of these characters. Well, it's weird because... Just from the trailers, I thought this movie was about a couple of young adults. I mean, young young teenagers kind of deal, and not they're they're like older, yet they don't look older. No, they don't. But they dialogue as if they're in their mid to late twenties or even early thirties, and they do they look like teenagers. Yeah, and it's just creepy. It's really it's <laughs> yeah, just I was creeped out a lot, dude. It was just weird. I'm I'm thinking make this more campy. Put two teenagers in it, make them. You know, make them equals, not one above the other. Because every time he hits on her, it's like the creepy boss at work hitting know, on the girl. I know, I know. That's all I can think about is the whatever HR is at the City of a Thousand Planets, they're going to have yeah. to write them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The future is not real bright if that's the way things are going, I'm telling you. And she's stuck alone with them in deep space all the time. Yeah. So I And there's other creepy things like... You wouldn't really take a younger kid to this, despite how cartoony it looks, because Rihanna plays a character called Bubble. That's a squid or octopus that can transform and shapeshift. But she's a sex worker. I'm not kidding. And she talks about being imprisoned by Ethan Hawke the pimp since she was four years old. And she just performs for men and looks like whatever. Jolly the pimp. 
Yeah. So again, I mean, there's themes in here that are kind of just out of place with the general story. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, maybe maybe the the, the comic books or the um, maybe the, the 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 graphic novel, whatever, actually works. You know. But I just I don't think they pulled it off here at all. Just to be honest with you. And for acting, nobody shines in this movie. I mean, Clive Owens in the background, completely lost. He's like, like he, I pointed out earlier, he's unconscious yes, for most. Of the he's movie. like me, unconscious for most of the Much movie. Much like Roger in the theater. <laughs> oh man! And I can't even say you really missed anything. Hey, we bring nothing but the truth here on the film <laughs> code, everybody. We don't try to BS our way through anything. If we fall asleep in a movie, we admit it. And I'll say this, you have good taste for the movies you fall asleep in. Because the last one I know you fell asleep in was Assassin's Creed. Oh, God. It, that was the exact same deal, too. <laughs> 1040 start. I got to just avoid, when you get my age, you got to start avoiding these movies that start at t- after 10, 10 o'clock at night. I just can't stay awake for them. Or you can come with me to a midnight that'll scare the crap out of you. Oh, no. <laughs> keep you awake? It would keep me awake, though. You know, I used to do the midnight showings all the time, and I just can't do them anymore, man. Even doing this podcast just messes me up on Fridays. <laughs> I hardly can't function until after about noon on Friday. Oh, so I, I really liked Valerian. I thought it was pretty. I, I, I love. See, this is this movie. We said this for weeks leading up to this. This movie hits all of our our buttons. At least mine, it does. It's it's fantasy. It's science fiction. It's crazy wild world with creatures that you've never seen before and 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 a system i've never seen and i thought oh this movie has potential to be great and just a big fat dud i'm gonna be honest with you just not good at all yeah we both wanted to support it it's an original story absolutely that's at why, least not yeah. i'll always support big budget sci-fi Yep, because I want that to be a thing. I plucked down my ten forty nine just. To I don't see regret it. it, but no. at the same time, I'm not disappointed. We may never get a sequel. Yeah, they'd have to really. I don't even know how they'd sell. A we're sequel not going to me. get it there. There's no sequel there. And if I was Luke Besson after losing this much money for the Chinese, I'd be looking over my shoulder, <laughs> where my car is going to explode, or just oh boy, get home and my door's hanging open. Yeah. I don't want to lose anyone money, but not the Russians or the Chinese. Maybe in China to do great. Oh, they spent a ton of money advertising it. The 205 is just the shooting budget. And you saw trailers all over TV and everywhere else. I can't even imagine. Oh, my goodness. So maybe he's in the witness protection program by now. But this is the man that gave us the fifth element. And what, the professional or the hitman movie he did, right? The professional. Yeah. Or Leon, they call it now. Great, great movies, man. I loved The Fifth Element. That's what I was expecting, this crazy world, you know? It did not deliver. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, maybe Fifth Element was a fluke that so much of it worked. I don't know. Because, I mean, he tried a lot of the same things here. And, uh it just, I mean, it was a, a miss on a lot of elements. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if we can say much else about the movie. I don't know. You know, uh, score, music, anything stand out at all to you? Visually, it was pretty. Uh, the score was kind of indifferent towards it. It does open with Space Oddity by Bowie, a very good use of that with the station growing and expanding. But I think that was the only pop song in there. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. So, 
Uh, so Valerian will not get a recommendation no, from me. There's, I can no, recommend this to anyone. Not at all. I mean, if you if you happen to be lucky enough to own a real nice, you know, 4K HDR TV when it comes out streaming or something, or on yeah, if you want to pick it up just for the visuals to see how it looks cool on your TV, okay. But for storing moving content, I can't recommend it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, actually a good point. This movie looks great in a Best Buy. When you don't have to stand around and watch it, and you just see it in the background yes. on thirty TVs on the yep. wall, just going around Sam's Club or uh, Costco, and your all those big screens are showing Valerian on the Blu-ray player. You don't have to hear the dialogue. You don't nope. have to watch the movie. Very cool looking. <laughs> and this actually reminded me when I came into work this week, I, I talked to our office manager Tracy at where I work, and she'd seen this movie, and I asked her what she thought, and her her shoulders just slumped, and she shook her head. I mean, that's kind of the reaction of the few people I know that saw it. Everyone's got the same reaction. And poor Tracy, the only two movies she saw this weekend were Book of Henry and Valerian, so she had a, a bad weekend. And she's been trying to see Baby Driver, but it hasn't happened yet. Just go see Baby Driver. You'll be happy you did. <laughs> Sorry, Tracy, if you're listening. Oh, man. Okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for our three movies. When we come back, we're going to get into our coming attractions and also our listener feedback. We posed a question out to the to the social media worlds um, dealing with Dunkirk and Christopher Nolan. What is your favorite Christopher Nolan film? And so when we come back, some listener input from our, our I guess, our fans, our friends, our colleagues to see what they thought. You are listening to The Film Coterie. Okay, and we are back, and this is our coming attractions section for the uh, Film Coterie podcast. Adam, we, we put out a poll, as we try to do each week on our um, podcast, with some of the social media friends and stuff, and on our Facebook page, and this and that and the other. And our question was, and you, you, why don't you, you, you worded it much better than I did. <laughs> why don't you list a question for our listening audience, and so they can shout at us, and, and then we'll share some of the feedback that we got on our question. All right, so the question I posed is, what is your favorite Chris Nolan movie? And by favorite, I'm not looking for what you think his best movie is, most technically proficient movie. I'm looking for what movie you'd be most likely to pop into your Blu-ray player or watch if you saw it on TV. So I'm looking for what movie hits you the right way that it's your favorite. And now, so, I'll go first, no, just because I, yeah. I pose the question. I have three I kind of fluctuate between for Nolan. My three favorite Nolans are Memento, The Dark Knight, and The Prestige. Right. As we sit here today, I think my favorite is actually The Prestige. I've watched it a ton whenever it's on HBO or TV, and I just really like that movie. And it's unique. I, I don't think there's another movie out there like The Prestige. And I, I would agree with the uniqueness and my enjoyment of The Prestige as well, too. I've I've really come to like most of what Nolan has done, you know, over his career, um, and I put that probably his Dunkirk may slip into the top role here, but I, I've only seen it this week. I sure. want to give it time yeah. to settle down in within me. But the Dark Knight for me was I thought his best film, but my favorite might be Interstellar. I just 
something about that attempt to be a heady sci-fi film that plays with time and high concepts and multiple dimensions and the, 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 the starkness of it in the beginning versus the, the end of the film, the, the effect of, of actually interstellar travel and the amount of time that's lost. Um, even though we were kind of mixed when our group went and saw it, you know, whether we liked it or not over the, over time, that film has really grown on me. Um, and not, not a lot of people really liked interstellar. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm way in the minority there, but so for me, my favorite film has been interstellar. I think the dark Knight was his best film overall, as far as craftsmanship and everything. But Dunkirk might just, if you ask me in six months, I wonder where Dunkirk will be on this list. Okay, so if you were to give your trinity of Nolan films, it sounds like it's going to be Dunkirk, Interstellar, and then what? The Dark Knight. Dark that's Knight. That, that, yeah. that's going to be my three right there. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we had a few listeners uh, that, that chimed in. I want to uh, thank Mark uh, from Columbus, Ohio. He said, The Dark Knight, and it's not close. I liked Memento and Batman Begins, but I feel like most of his other films have been overrated. Okay. That's so, fair. Yeah. How about you? Uh, Sajel here from Columbus. She's responded a few times. It's Memento. And I got a few Memento mentions. And I thought Dark Knight would be number one for mentions from people. But I was surprised. Uh, uh, Dave from Cleveland said Memento as well. Yeah. And that's a great film. And that's, like I said, one of my top three. Yeah. My buddy Benjamin from uh, from Georgia, he said The Dark Knight interstellar and memento so we're getting a theme uh, all three of my friends that responded uh about this and we did this poll last minute so i didn't get a whole lot of response but all of them had the dark knight up at front uh leo my buddy from columbus said the dark knight the music the cinematography heath ledger knocked me off my socks so. yeah like it's my top three i mean i think dark knight is my all-time favorite comic book movie it's pretty consistent i feel that way yeah uh any other any other replies Adam? yeah uh joey from columbus said dark knight and then uh jason from columbus agrees with me he said the prestige and he says the prestige is a great film and probably his favorite of all the lot given and, that people and, described and the prestige i'll say this about it there's a horrific element to that movie that really grabs you i mean it's really it's a good movie man i'm telling you if you've not seen the prestige find it and watch it the thing I like about prestige is the whole kind of message about why we turn to science sometimes and some of the horrific stuff that can happen in our pursuit of what we want to achieve. Yeah. Some great themes there. So nobody mentioned inception, which, which got all of the buzz at award season and, you know, was considered monumental and not one person mentioned inception. And I figured no one would mention insomnia. That might be my least favorite. It's my least favorite. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, maybe people, you know, I thought about this too. You say Christopher Nolan or Chris Nolan. A lot of people don't really follow directors, writers, producers, maybe as closely as you and I do, you know. Um, so maybe that was a little bit off-putting for people to question. But normally... Yeah, maybe we should have put a list of what he's done. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But I do appreciate the feedback from our from our friends and uh, fans of the show absolutely so. so the dark knight won hands down in hands our down informal poll in here in our informal poll which yeah. yeah that's what i would have thought would have happened yeah me too so what's coming up coming attractions what do we have to look forward to next week on the show next week is dark tower 
a moment we've been waiting for all summer. Yes. Uh, we're going to review it. Uh, no promises, but we may do a spoiler cast if the movie warrants us doing that. Yes, because you and I have both read the book. and At least the first one. I've not finished the series. I haven't either. Um, I, I But it's been forever. I almost feel like I need to reread the book real quick before the movie next week. It's <laughs> I don't been, think you have time. It's been forever since I read the book. But I know the general theme of what the book's about. Yeah. And so I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting to see. I think there's some interesting choices for some of these characters. I'm really interested to see... Um, the main character, the gunslinger, Idris um, Elba. Elba, like him a lot. Um, I've liked some of the stuff he's done, and then Matthew McConaughey as the dark man, as 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 the bad guy. I, I'm he might pull it off. We'll see. I'm just. I, I'd have to correct for Matt. He's the man in black. The man in if black. If you call yes. him the dark man, that's the bad Sam Raimi movie. That that's right. I'm that, sorry. Matt sat through on his decade do-over. Yes, absolutely. No, so the man, yeah, so so I don't know, Matthew McConaughey, let's see. Um, we'll know next week, you know, when we go see it. So. It's brief. It's 93 minutes. I, I'm telling you, I like, unless you're going to grab me and lay hold of me in a big way, I like a shorter movie. I like that 90 minutes is a good, tight framework for a film. For most movies. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't mind some extra time in my Star Wars, I'll be honest. <laughs> Or the Lord of the Rings, not the Hobbit, but Lord of the Rings. You know they can go along. I'm not going to complain. I love the extended Lord of the Rings. To me, those are six <laughs> movies, man. I'm telling you one thing. Those are like part one, part two of the Fellowship. Part yeah. one, part. Two. I just I love. Yes, those can go on and on and on because the story is so great. Source material is incredible. So anyway, I think that's going to wrap it up for the film coterie this week. Um, how how can they get a hold of us, Adam? If they want to contact us, reach out to us on social media. On the interwebs, where can they find us? Uh, the easiest place is on Facebook. If you just search the film coder, you were there. Like us, you'll get all the new content. You comment, tell us what you'd like to hear on this show, and we'll we'll do our best to do it. We're also on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at film coterie. And if you still go to websites, you can go to filmcoterie.com and follow ours. So, all right. So that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. You guys have a great week. Go to the movies, support the movies. Uh, give us some feedback, let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time on another episode of The Film Coterie.